It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's another Monday, the 9th of May for 2022. Hope you had a fantastic weekend wherever you might have been. Well, the political scrap between Albanese and Morrison was a bit more of a Exactly that. But the winner of last night's debate was a shocker, with first Morrison being declared as the winner, then it changed to Albanese, and the final twist, it being declared a draw, which was quite comical. And talking of the election, a reminder that early voting centres are going to open today as we get ever so closer to polling day, coming up on the 21st. Also, coming up, we're going to be talking with Angus Moore, the economist from the REA Group, and we're looking at stamp duty this morning and the cost of it for first home buyers is that additional piece of pain when having to get that all-important 20% deposit covered, which I found a little bit eye-watering just in terms of the added pressure and the time that it takes to get the cost of the stamp duty together. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. And looking around Australia today, first in Sydney expecting some showers with 20 degrees, Melbourne partly cloudy but dry with 17, Brisbane expecting showers with 22 degrees, and in Perth another fine day after this morning's smoke to clear and expecting a top of 24 degrees. If you've got a question that needs answering, you can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Well, the Tiny Home Expo is happening on Friday the 27th of the month. It's in fact right across the weekend, Friday the 27th, Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of May. It's at Redcliffe Showgrounds just outside of Brisbane and I've got five more free double passes to give away. Now to have a chance of winning you have to be part of the Real Estate Breakfast Club and the good news is there's still time to sign up and win these tickets. We will be doing a draw before tomorrow morning so you email this address myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com Again, my real estate podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to put in the header tiny home expo we feature market updates interviews and trends it's your real estate podcast for breakfast well stamp duty is a major hurdle and a headache for first home buyers let's face it just getting the deposit in this market is no easy feat It will feel to many people like they have run a marathon only to be hit with another 10Ks to run because of the stamp duty being slung at them. So in recent weeks, the government announced an expansion to a scheme that guarantees up to 15% of a deposit as a way to help address housing affordability. And that policy can help as a short-term solution to help some first-home buyers buy sooner. But there's a more systemic problem at play that should be addressed. And to discuss this this morning, we're joined by Angus Moore, economist from the REA Group. Good morning, Angus. Great to have you on the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And what do you think about that? Is the marathon analogy a fair one when it comes to first home buyers and stamp duty costs? 
Yeah, I think I think it absolutely is. You know, when we look at the journey that first home buyers face, really for most first home buyers, it is saving that deposit, the 20% or less in some cases, but you know, typically 20%, that is the real constraint on home ownership. And if you look at the sort of sums of money you need to save versus, you know, how much people earn and how much they could reasonably save, even on a relatively affordable house, you know, something at the 25th percentile, the sort of starter home that first home buyers usually buy. You're looking at something like seven years worth of saving. And I think that really highlights the difficulty that first home buyers face in getting over that deposit hurdle. And stamp duty just makes that worse because even once you've got that deposit, you're then faced with, you know, another 20, 30, $40,000 worth of stamp duty upfront, which means you have to save that money as well. And that can be as much as a year's worth of saving or, or more, depending on how expensive the property you're buying is. You know, I didn't realise that that was an extra year of saving. I mean, that is just an absolute killer. So Angus, first home buyers saving for that all-important 20%. You recently looked into the length of time that it takes to save by region. So can we just break that down for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're looking to buy in Sydney, saving a deposit is seven years and the stamp duty adds another 1.4 years on top of that. In, in Melbourne, you're looking at six years and another 1.6 years on top of that. Brisbane's actually relatively shorter when it comes to stamp duty. It's less than half a year. Adelaide's a year, Perth's half a year, Hobart's a year, Darwin and Canberra are both a little over half a year. So, you know, in each case, we're adding at least six months and in some cases, 18 months extra time you need to save before you can buy even a relatively affordable dwelling. Yeah, and there are concession schemes and waivers in different states. Something I also didn't know, South Australia and Northern Territories do not have concession for first home buyers. I think in one of those states it sort of ran out, but that's kind of woeful really, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's right. So South Australia had a concession for first home buyers, similar to, to other states. Um, it was actually one of the earliest states to bring one in, but that ended in 2008 and it basically hasn't had one since with the exception of a short term policy that was in place available for off the plan apartments. The Northern Territory is in a pretty similar boat. So they had the Northern Territory homeowner discount, but that ended in June last year and hasn't been replaced with anything. So first home buyers in SA and, and the Northern Territory basically have no concessions available to them. So what about the argument suggesting that reducing stamp duty would likely raise house prices? I mean, how accurate do you think that is? Yeah, it's a great question. So my sense is it certainly would. The question about how much I think is, is an open one. There is a lot of academic work on this question. And there's a, there's a good paper here in Australia by Leon Davidoff. They suggest that, or their estimates suggest, I should say, that it could be as much as one for one. So if you reduce stamp duty $10,000, prices could go up $10,000. But that would actually still be good news for home buyers because stamp duty has to be paid up front. You can't borrow that money, whereas you can borrow the increased price of the house. So it wouldn't actually increase the deposit burden by as much. Yeah, okay. And the thresholds for first home buyer concessions that do exist have not been lifted, have they, for many years in most states. And in these states, it's really dropping the ball once again, not helping those first home buyers. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you know, we spoke earlier about how much longer it adds. For some first home buyers, they can take advantage of concessions for existing dwellings, which lowers how long you have to save, um, save up to, to save for stamp duty. But those concession thresholds haven't been updated in, in five years in Sydney and Melbourne, since 2012 in Brisbane, since 2014 in Perth. So, you know, it's a long time and clearly we've seen prices grow pretty significantly 
in that time. And what that means is that very few houses in these cities, as few as 12% of houses in Sydney, are actually eligible for these concessions. Now, a higher share of units are because they're more affordable and first home buyers are often looking at units given their more you know, relative affordability. But I think it's fair to say updating those concessions would be a good idea given the sort of price growth we've seen in the past couple of years. And looking at the RBA, they finally made their move, Angus. The millennials are now living in a new reality of a shifting paradigm and it doesn't come as a great surprise, but uh, just how much of a balancing act do you think the RBA has over the next 12 months? Yeah, it's certainly been the big news in, in property and economics and finance and pretty much everything else this week. I think the RBA has a pretty tough job. I don't envy them over the next year. Um, I think we're going to see interest rates continue to rise. How quickly? I think it's an open question. Markets are certainly pricing in very aggressive increases in interest rates. I think we'll see the RBA move a little bit slower than that. I think you know we've seen a lot of people take out mortgages in the past couple of years. Interest rates haven't been increased since 2010. So I think in that environment, the RBA is going to be a bit cautious, see what sort of impact rate rises are having before they kind of ratchet up too quickly. But that said, inflation is you know, picking up much quicker than they'd forecast, and they are going to have to move to, to get that back under control. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. Enjoy your Monday morning. Thanks. Absolute pleasure. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 